0: Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com.
1: We're going to start off with a joke, too. (laughs) Got to break the ice a little bit. So, um, Adam had been in the Garden of Eden for several years without someone to share his life with. One day, he asked God for a companion. God said to him, I can give you a wife that will be everything you could dream of, humble and submissive. She will make your life nothing but pleasurable. However, to make her, I'll need an arm and a leg. Adam says, oh, what? That sucks. What can I get for a rib?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for bearing with me through that. Thank you for that.
1: (laughs) So my name is Josh Kroll. Um, Born in Billings, raised in Billings. Um, You know, I got a, we have seven, blended family of seven. Um, uh, I work at Rimrock Foundation now, which is a new adventure. And I'm also in school right now, up at MSUB. Um, This is my beautiful wife and significantly better half.
2: (laughs) Um, I was born in Texas, raised in Washington. I moved here in sixth grade. Um, I also have seven kids, <laughs> um, and am married to Josh. <laughs>
1: right, all right. So, super excited to be up here. Um, you know, we get to do something which. You know, it, it share a story that God has written through our life and our hearts, right? Like, like, to come up here and be able to talk about. The miracles that God has given to us and through us, just um, through our experience, um, it's going to be a little hard, right? There's, there's some, some of this testimony is a bit challenging to talk about because we certainly lived a life of pride for a long time, for a long, long time before coming to the knowledge of Jesus, and so um, you know, it's, it's a uh, it's in Revelation 12:11, actually. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. You know, we claim that right here, right now. We know that through these um, conversations today that lives are going to be changed. Hearts will be changed. Strongholds will be broken. And, you know, it's all going to glorify God. And so it's his story we're up here talking about, you know, not ours. So thank you, Lord, um, for connection, for community, uh, for the opening of hearts, um, and just for the changed lives. So our purpose up here is to talk about humility, Okay, Um, You know, it's a bit of a difficult topic. I think that initially there was a very unclear understanding, at least for us, um, of what that actually was and what that actually looked like in life. you know, and and I think really the overarching question we wanna we wanna ask ourselves, and I would kind of put this to all of you is like, why, why is humility important? What is it? How do we get it? Like, why why are we even up here giving this conversation today? Okay. So as we go through this, that's what I hope you're reflecting on and asking how you know you find similarities in our stories, not differences. How how there's something for everyone in this, even though we may not have came from the same background or have the same history, there's growth and there's there's um, there's just healing in it, healing in the story, in the testimony. So, um, so yeah, so I guess the first part of this is just to d- define humility, okay? The actual definitions, we've got, um, I think it's going to separate into two kind of definitions. We've got our Worldly definition, and we've got you know what the Bible says, what God says, humility <clears throat> is. I
2: think, uh, um, we'll go. So the world, the world says that humility is um, a low self-regard for oneself. It's um, not very impressive. Um, low self-esteem. It says that humility is a sense of unworthiness. Um, I feel like. I don't want to look at myself that way. I don't think anybody really wants to have humility if, if that's how we're, how we're looking at it.
1: Yeah, I think if we started calling those traits out in people, that's a bit insulting. Um, I think to kind of peel that onion back a little bit more, we'll look at the humility synonyms, right? Being naive, naivete is how they spelled it. Passivity, ingenuousness, simpleness, timidness, bashfulness, plainness, shyness, mousiness, <laughs> and actually the one that I think probably fits better than the other ones is sheepishness. <laughs>
2: sheepishness. <laughs> because
1: we are the sheep, you know, we are the Lord's sheep. So you think about this though, and if you were to walk up to somebody and throw out, you know, you mousy, simple, timid, passive, naive, you know, uh, <laughs> person, it's just you end up in a fight, Right? So, yeah. So that's what the world says humility is, and and you know, let's look what God says.
2: Um, so humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life, and and that is Proverbs 22:4. Um,
1: yeah. So humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches, honor, and life. So God is saying humility. Is fearing the Lord, right? And so, as we kind of dove into that, what does that look like? What is fearing the Lord? What is, how do we attain this? Or what what is that? And we were able to open books, read. We pursued it through um, other people. We asked this question. We put it to other couples. We sat down. We had dinners. It was actually amazing because we got to kind of invest in not just ourselves, but like a healthy eternal conversation with other couples, right? And so it was great. But through that, I would say, journey, um, you know, we came to a couple definitions, I think, that really reflect humility well. Um, So one of those is the appropriate posture people ought to have with God. When we maintain a humble attitude, we reveal our dependence on God. Okay, This is very different from the world definition, right? Absolutely. We're looking at a humble attitude revealing our dependence on God. So so a dependence on God is revealed by the humble. The fact that we're relying on Him, that we're not independent of Him, right? It's when we start serving ourselves and 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 have that separation from God that we lose the dependence and we start running our own life. And as you'll see, like running our own life, <laughs> making our own decisions doesn't always end well. Most of the time it does not. And it didn't for us specifically. So I'll move on. Another definition here. An attitude of dependence as we recognize that all we have is a gift from God. Right? An attitude of dependence as we recognize <clears throat> that all we have is a gift from God.
2: Um, so when I think of a gift from God, I think of Um, like our kids and our husbands or our wives or um, it's my job but really God gave us all these things and we are just called to steward them and um, I think uh, even in 1 Corinthians 4-7 it says for who makes you um, different from another and what do you have that you did not receive now if you did indeed receive it why do you boast as if you had not received it and so I, I, I feel like this is saying he gave us everything that we have. And so, once again, we're relying on God. We're relying, having complete and full dependence on him through everything that he has given us. And it, he is going to take it away if we're not stewarding, stewarding it the way that he would have us. So.
1: Yeah, the difference between humbling ourselves and being humbled by God. And that's really like the... The difference in our testimony is, you know, we were certainly humbled by God, you know, um, and now led into the humbling of ourselves, but it took that humbling by him initially. Um, So I think, you know, we have our definition through this is dependence on God. So humility is dependence on God. It is not being independent of him. It's how we lean on him in... Not just the times of trouble, but it's in every decision in every relationship in every moment right we can we can we can honor the Lord through that dependence on him um, there's a, there's a great quote um, or um, written by a W Tozer actually that Tabitha is going to read here um, and I think it sums it up pretty well
2: the meek man is not a, a human mouse afflicted with a sense of his own inferiority rather he may be in his moral life as bold as a lion and as strong as a samson but he has stopped being fooled about himself he has accepted god's estimate of his own life he knows he is as weak as helpless as god declared him to be but paradoxically he knows at the same time that he is in the sight of god of more important of more importance than angels in himself, nothing. In God, everything.
1: Yeah, that is powerful there. You know, it's it's not just in feeling like that God is above us, but it's knowing who we are in Christ. And I think some of our other conversations today will really uh, peel that onion and get into that a little bit further. But uh, our authority in Christ, right, that that we are strong. And it's okay to know that. It's okay to proclaim Jesus, right, That that he is in us. And that there's nothing that can come against us when we are in him, right? Mm-hmm. And so being that boldness, you know, that doesn't coincide with the world's definition, right? But, um, but we are not of the world. We may be living in it, but we're, we're ambassadors for Christ, right? So, um, so I think uh, really the idea here with humility and as we grow and we are sanctified, and we become more Christ-like, right? In our daily devotion, when we're obedient to his word, and we seek his face, and we are inevitably going to grow and mature, right? And with that maturity, we are going to become more other-centered, and less self-centered, okay? So, like, when I've noticed it in myself, I'm, I've am i not been a believer in my whole life. Like, I've been a believer now for about four and a half years. And so um, my conversations is, I think, where I see it the most is (laughs) it's so easy to talk about yourself. (laughs) And, you know, it's like crazy because for the longest time I didn't even see it. Like there was a story to tell and all this stuff and it was was great, right? But then I started realizing like the maturity level you see when you sit with somebody who's mature and they want to know about and it's almost tricky, like, and you, so you start being intentional about it, you start trying to be that in your life, too, and then they'll trick you, and they're like, next thing you know, you're talking about yourself again. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, okay, but I want to pursue that, you know what I mean? I want to pursue that, but I think that's part of maturity. Um, when, when we're starting to be more other-centered, we know that we're growing in Christ, right? So, um, I think uh, it's just like Sean and Heidi said, actually, last night, um, it was uh, James 4, 6, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble, right? And so resisting the proud, that means like we can actually be separated from God when we choose to be self-centered, when we choose to serve our own way and, and, and follow our own will, right? That there's that separation. He resists the proud. And really, if you anything like me and Tabby, yeah, <laughs> Like, we need all the grace we can get. There's, there's no doubt about it. I need it by not just the hour, not, not just the minute, like by the second. My, my mouth gets me in a lot of trouble. My, you know what I mean? Like, I need this in my life. And so, so I, think it's, I think it's very curious, though, how, you know, in Proverbs 22.4 says, uh, humility is the fear of the Lord, and its wages are riches, honor, life, Right? But Richard's honor and life, it was the pursuit of those things in my own will that sent me down the path of pride, right? But it's when we seek him through humility, God's going to give, going to provide those things, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I just, I, I thought that was very interesting. Um, you know, so, so we've got that difference of between separation, independence versus connection and dependence on God. Humility and pride, Right? So um, I think uh, we've got that part figured out. So now here's for the fun part. Here's the part I get excited about. (laughs) Testimony time, okay? So we know what humility is. Humility is our dependence on God, okay? We've established that. So, um, you know, um, I think when Sean and Heidi asked us to do this, it was kind of of crazy because it sent us for a little bit of a loop. For one, we've never talked in front of a church, right? Like, this is the very first for us. Two, you know, it was hard not to be like, oh, man. They think think we're humble. Yeah, like, (laughs) this is, of course, of course he picked us. I mean, (laughs) yeah, we've got this figured out, you know. So, So, and, you know, it's funny because I kind of fought with God a little bit these last few days on talking about this part and sharing this scripture. But I think it's super important. Because in that midst of trying to find, like, what they were seeing in us, right? And we started praying on this and talking in communion with God about what we're going to share about this is the scripture he gave us, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 1 Corinthians one twenty-seven twenty-nine. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. Right? And that humbled me right there. It, it, it helped us to understand, like, it wasn't for our great choices and, and good deeds that we're up here speaking. It was because we had lived a life of pride for a long
2: time. Right, and I think that we can't be where we are today had we not been in that pride. There has been so much humbling experiences that have happened through <clears throat> the years of just our recovery and our life, that we can't be here today if there wasn't, if there wasn't humility.
1: Yeah, we had to allow God to, to work within us, in our family, and everything, actually, everything was submitted to him. Um, so I think also in that verse, there's actually actually a bit of conflict, right? There's conflict in that verse, letting us know, like, You know, when you take somebody who's lived as an atheist for over 30 years, right, and then comes to Christ and is given the opportunity to speak about that and given a platform to talk about that experience and people receive it, you're going to get
0: conflict,
1: you know what I mean? Because there's people who have devoted their entire lives to the Lord and lived right and thank God for them because that's who invested in us when we needed invested in, right, and, and, and allowed us to grow, or helped us grow, but in that, being used by God, and knowing, like, it ain't because of my good deeds, or anything, <laughs> it's literally because of my bad choices, and then submission to him, but it creates conflict with others, you know, and so, like, I just figure, if there was no conflict, I probably wouldn't be doing something right, right, so it's, it's, it's a good road marker, showing that, like, hey, we're disrupting things, because we're, gaining kingdom ground here, and to gain kingdom ground means you're taking away ground from the evil one, and so it's going to create conflict, right? So um, with having said that, I think um, we're going to just give you a quick little background info, kind of lay the groundwork for, we're going to share three kind of testimonies of our life, of instances where God worked deeply within us, but in order to know kind of where we're going. We're going to just lay the foundation. So
2: Josh and I both grew up in addiction. Our parents, our cousins, our aunts, our uncles, there's addiction everywhere in our family. Our friends, our parents' friends, who, they're kids, (laughs) we just hung out in addiction. So it was normal. It was normalized for us. It wasn't something that we, like, thought we were different for. Um, Everybody we hung out with. So we were the kids that were in addiction. And... (laughs) Um,
1: we maybe caused a little bit more trouble than other kids.
2: <laughs> yeah, we, we might have. We ended up, you know, thinking it was like, it was just normal to drink and do drugs. And um, we found our our identity in how much money we made and how we parented our kids, how much material things that we could give them. Like, my kids have all the best things, so we're doing something right, um, putting our kids in sports. and not actually being there for the games, but somebody was. So, I mean, we were doing something, right? Um,
1: yeah, I think even on my side, so um, I, I think this is a very common thing for the men, at least, where our identity is so wrapped up in what we can get and how much, you know, in it's in money, girls, the, 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 the power, and just, you know what I mean? Like, in all of that stuff, and it's, when, when, when you start to lose things like that, when your identity is in your work, it's who I am, you know. Um, I pursued literally, and it's crazy. Like, I think back to when I was like 18, 19, and I thought to myself, man, I, I, I want to get a good job. What do I want? Well, and it's, it was literally riches, honor, and life. And it's weird because I didn't realize that until the other day I was thinking about it. I, saw, I, I went and I got uh, trained to be a mechanic, an aircraft mechanic. I got my A.M.P. license, and I did that literally because I thought, man, how would people look at me if I could tell them? I, I work on aircraft. I fix planes, jet engines, right? And, oh, thanks. <laughs> and, uh, and there's got to be money involved there. And what a life that would live, right? So, wow, yeah. So it's weird to hear my own echo, sorry. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so the richest honor in life. And that's what I pursued as an 18-year-old. Like, you know, and I, and I went and I did that, and it destructed me. My identity was so wrapped up in who I was as that person and when, when that came to a close, it was just the next thing. It was. My identity became being a father. My identity became being, you know, um, husband. It just, it, it was never in Christ. It was continually in the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, eventually, you know, the part time drug use became heavier time drug yeah. use.
2: I think it was a full time drug use. And Josh lost his job. And so we began to supplement his income, selling drugs and doing things that we shouldn't do. Um, We got into a lot of trouble. Um, There was a point where um, God was going to strip away everything, everything that we thought was important to us. Um, We ended up losing our kids. Um, We ended up getting hauled off to jail by the DEA, um, we found ourselves sitting in jail cells. Like, what? we are going to spend years, um, maybe our lifetime, in prison. And so now thinking to our kids, what is going to happen with our kids? Um, I ended up um, getting bailed out of jail and going to treatment. I had the opportunity to... um, fix my life for the time being and hope that if I could just do it for this time, I could get out of trouble and just go back to doing what I was doing. (laughs) And um, as I was in treatment, God was tugging at me. Um, I I remember my lawyer said, you need to do all the recommendations that treatment gives you. And they said, sober living. And I was like, yeah, well, (laughs) that's not for me. But I applied for sober livings, and um, I ended up getting accepted to Hannah House. And it was a faith-based sober living that was amazing. I, had, I ended up having people in my life who loved me. They cared about me, and they wanted my life to be better. Um, yeah, they, they yeah, prayed th- for Josh.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that was really kind of the beginning of the change. In fact, I don't think, I really do know. Because that was the first time like and, and and i I was not saved at this time. um Tabitha was, but it, we had been so distant from God at that time, like it was you know she was just being you know she was the the lost sheep or the prodigal daughter, you know <laughs> but uh but here she is, uh they're praying for me, who's now homeless, and living living in and out of car, um you know, um I'm out of jail waiting sentencing, and just like so lost the addiction grabbed such a tight hold on everything i had that i i just i was so afraid to not be using i was literally scared and i had no clue how to live i had just you know i had literally lost everything at this point i had no home no you know my relationship was done the courts would not even let us be around each other at that time because we were in the same case together and so there was just so much, like, lost. Never chaos. been lost like that, chaos, yeah. And, uh, and those prayers, I believe, are what opened the door for me to go into treatment. Um, I went into treatment, and that was where, um, you know, I, I, I chose Jesus. I had no clue what that really looked like exactly, but things were going to really start to get real. And so for the first time in my life, once people were investing in me and showing me that I mattered... Enough to have that time with others, and and for them to invest in me, like I, I all of a sudden seen for the first time, like I was so mad, like at my own father, right? He had left when I was really young, and I was so mad that didn't have a dad, didn't have a father, and and here, like in the Word of God, like I had a father, and he was there, and 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 I was beginning to learn things like like what's really supposed to be important in my life and who, who i was now this new creation right and it was literally the reading of the word of god that that renewed my mind and it was transforming me from the inside out i had no clue what was happening but i knew some things had to change and it the nudge from the judge was great to get my life in order right but it was god it was god and even that that part of it was god um so so here it is, like, I realize I've been living in sin for a long time. We did everything so backwards. We, you know, we had all our children already. <laughs> and we had been living together for ages, right? But at that time, we were separated. So we were living in separate homes. And God showed me that she's the daughter of a king. She deserves to be married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Royalty and, and, right here. Yeah, she's royalty. And so... <laughs> What I was doing, like, I, for the longest time, I thought, there's no way I'm going to let some piece of paper tell me who I love or all these things, right? But I realized it was so much more than that because I was learning, like, what God's heart was for me to honor my wife and that, that I had been so submissive myself in, in our relationship because I truly thought, like, what my job as dude was to give her everything she wanted. So I kind of created a monster essentially <laughs> not that I mean, you know really, I mean? that's yeah. really what it was you know <laughs> we, we we both have come a long way and so so really it was like I didn't know that I was supposed to be leading my home I didn't know what like that my children needed a man that they could um look up to and trust and not just be there and disappear and and the fact that you know I, I didn't even know still at this time if I was going to be in their life everything was up in the air for both of us we we were unsure if we were going to Sent to prison or not, you know. Um, and so, as I'm struggling with all these things and all this like torment internally, like I'm being changed from it's like being gutted like a fish my whole life, right? I'm finding out was wrong. Everything that I sought, everything that I felt was important was upside down. And I began to say, Okay, Lord, like, all right, if you say this other thing's important, like, I can do that. Like, I started to submit to God, right, and understand what he was wanting of me. And in doing that, I found all of a sudden things around me, like, started to change, and it was wild. So one instance is, is like, so I have two, we have two older kids, a 23-year-old and a 21-year-old, and I had really messed up that relationship. I had really done some damage there. Uh, we, yeah, yeah. And, uh. I had been calling and calling them, and they just wouldn't answer. And, and I was getting frustrated because here I am, you know, still a bit in the addictive personality. Like, I want it fixed. I want it now. You know, I don't want to wait. Well, here it is. I've been calling, and they're not answering. They don't want to talk to me. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, what is this? Like, why don't they know that I'm changing? I'm, I, did, I love them. I didn't, I didn't want to hurt them. It just, you know what I mean? Like, I was just sick, and, and, and I didn't know what I was doing. And here, as I'm saying this to myself, I realize, holy cow, I have a father, a dad who was stuck in addiction as well, who had been reaching out to me for years, and I never answered that phone. And he had changed his life, and he had found God, and, and I didn't have a relationship with him, but that was because I was walled up from him, right? And so I, I recognized that. God revealed that to me. And so I picked up the phone, and I called my dad, who and I blew it out of the water, blew him out of the water. He had no clue. He's like... He hadn't talked to me in I don't know how many years. All he had seen is our faces on the news. He knew some bad stuff, but he, you know, so, so I call him. We reconnect. It was amazing. I still have a relationship with him to this day. In fact, Tabitha and the kids met him for the first time, I think last summer, right? But anyways, uh, I call my dad, hang up the phone. A half an hour later, my son calls me, you know, and that's God right there. That's, that's one of the, the miracles of God, like, the, the restoration that when I submit to his word and, and what he wants in, in in our life, like how he just, he blesses that. And so knowing now that I need to marry my girl and make her my <laughs> wife, right? I propose, we do the engagement, we stop, we, we become celibate, right? We recognize like we need God's blessing. If we're gonna survive it all in this life, we need God to bless this, right? And how backwards, and
2: you know, i I don't know, like, it just, it was the right thing to do. I really think you knew our heart on that as well. Um, I think that the conversations and the the deepness of our relationship have grown so much because of the conversations that we had to have because we weren't doing other things. <laughs> and so I think that it was just, the level that I I got to know you was just, it was on another level. And I was just it was better. Our relationship was so much
1: better. Yeah, I'm going to share something that you may not, you may hit me a little bit. So, before I was even, before we were even at this church, the sober living I lived at was right down the street, right? So, here we are, we're honoring God, and this is the truth, like, there was no hanky-panky whatsoever, and so, like, we're we're in our vehicle, Well, we didn't get to spend much time together, so here we are, in our vehicle, parked right in front of your church, and, and, and it's the middle of the, not middle of the night, it's late, it's dark, and we're kicked, kicked, kicked back in the back. It looked pretty bad, but we have a sermon on, and we're listening to a sermon, because this is what we did then, right? We, we're just, we're seeking the Lord, and we knew, like, this is how we're going to, so, so all of a sudden, we see the cherries, lights, right? Somebody calls the police, probably <laughs> Sean, no. <laughs> <laughs> It might have been. <laughs> they they come up and we're just like, oh my gosh, this does not look right. Like we're in so much trouble. This is we not going to be We also had good. a no
2: contact order yeah, at this time because we weren't
1: really supposed to be around each other yet. <laughs> so we get in there, and we're like, oh no, and we're like, listen, officer, here we show him my phone. I'm like, we're <laughs> we're listening to a sermon, <laughs> I swear. And he looks at us and he kind of smiles. He's like, listen, finish your sermon <laughs> and get out of here, okay. <laughs> right so true story true story there but um, <laughs> but yeah so so yeah so and you know and we've been we've we got married in fact uh par in fact it was mark mcmanus who married us and you know that was just a, a wonderful ceremony it was a wonderful thing to, to be encouraged by the people around us and,
2: it was so blessed everybody yeah. that we knew came together and just provided things for us we didn't pay any for our wedding <laughs> but it was amazing it was everything that i could have dreamed of and even better
1: and so when we've seen god's blessing on our marriage since that you know it, it was okay like that we had done it so backwards right but when we came to him we came to him with the right heart and and you know we, we have seen just blessing after blessing and, um to be a part of his story right is so good so um I think that's, that's, that's about it for that story, mm-hmm. right? So, right. So, yeah, let's move on to the next story.
2: <laughs> right. So, um, at this time, I was working at Stella's, and um, the Lord was calling me to do other things. I, I was still meeting with uh, my case manager at the Hannah House, <clears throat> not because she wanted to, but because I wanted to, and I wanted to stay connected, and she kept telling me, don't you think you're ready to be done meeting with me? I mean, you've moved out, you've moved on. And I'm like, no, I I like coming here. I just really never left. Um, But God was telling me to go there. It's time. You need to move on. You don't need to be working at Stella's anymore. And that would, potentially, I would be making a fourth of what I, would have, I was making at Stella's. So I was going to have this huge financial pay cut. We were used to living a certain way, providing things for our kids, even though they still weren't living with us um, full time. It was a complete reliance on God for me to move to CLDI and leave um, Yeah, it was no Stella's. joke. The
1: pay cut in there was no joke. <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely life-changing. And, but that was the whole thing is hearing from God know right. she had sought God.
2: I did. I, they offered me a case management position and I initially I turned it down because I, I didn't know the Lord enough and I knew <clears throat> during my case management how much of the Lord she brought to the table and I just wasn't qualified. I wasn't qualified to do that and so instead of getting the case management job the position they offered me an internship was even less more less money because it was a stipend. (laughs) And so um, they provided housing and things like that. But since I was already living with my husband, that was kind of off the table as well. Um, I ended up taking the position with full reliance that God was going to provide. Even though I don't know that I truly believe that, I was trying to believe that. um, He spoke to me very clearly. I just didn't know if it was him speaking to me. And so I was really confused at the time. I didn't have a lot of knowledge in, in the Lord. I didn't know what it was like to hear his voice. And so...
1: Well, this was going to give her an opportunity to develop that, right? The people of CLDI, and I just love them, but they, they were ready to invest in her. In fact, us, our family, right? They mm-hmm. seen in her what she was having a hard time seeing, right? And they were going to cultivate that. All right, so the same time this is going on, um, I had on my end a bit of a struggle where I had been you know, working the late shift, I'll say, for a long time, so I wasn't paying taxes for a couple of years, I didn't have a job for a couple of years. I didn't think I could get hired anywhere, and I find this job, right? But the problem is, now I'm facing all all these charges, I didn't think I could get hired just because of that, well, Amazing thing. Somehow I pass a background check <laughs> and get on at FedEx as a mechanic, right? And I'm thinking, wow, this is, this is pretty neat. Um, pretty good job for a guy who was looking at, I was giving away free samples at, <laughs> at Sam's, Club. Sam's Club and loving it for a while. That was my first job back into the market, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, so here I am working as a mechanic. That's kind of my wheelhouse, um, and, I, and I enjoy that. But now Tabitha is grappling with this, like, voice of God telling her, walk away from this and enter into this. Like, and it was so hard. We've lived our life with money, money you know? <laughs> and, and so it's like, wow, okay, all right, we can do this. Like, let's do this. And so, yeah, together we made that decision. And the crazy thing is, is at this time, my boss at FedEx decides, hey, I'm gonna start a new little incentive program, right? Where, a little bonus thing, where um, if you're able to do such and such work, that there's these different tiers of, of bonusing, right? Financial bonus. And so when she made that choice and, and we were hit with that financial, you know, it, it just a big chunk of our finances was gone through, like, I could dedicate myself at work and there was ministry going on there, which was incredible. Like, the, there was, it, in fact, even now, my boss and I, my old boss and I, we meet in uh, a men's group every week still. But anyways, um, so so through that, every bit of
2: that... uh, He implements a a bonus program that supplements and more all the income that I had just lost because of the work that Josh was producing. So it kind of... (laughs) Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. So just in that... We didn't lose a thing, plus we were making more money now. And I was going through a discipleship. It was an intense discipleship. I spent that eleven months finding out who I was in Christ. And let me tell you, it was not. It was not unworthiness. And it was not what the world says about humility at all.
1: That's good. Woo. <clears throat> <clears throat> Thanks. <laughs> All right, so uh, so yeah, we'll share this last story here. Um, so this one's a little bit personal. This one's tough, okay? Um, to to start this story, we're actually going to backtrack a little bit now um, to when we had our children removed from us, okay? Um, this this is a moment in life that, like, I, I... You know, you play it back in your head, and you just... You never can really... I don't know, it's hard to even talk about because the desperation at this point was so immense, right? But here again, like, this is before I had the Lord in my heart, right? And, and Tab was far from God at this time, right? Living in a life of sin, for yeah. sure. Um, the kids are removed from us one night. And and it's so devastating. You know, like, we're in addiction, right? But... It's so absolutely devastating that we can't even walk into our home, right? Like, to go look at their bedroom, to go see their toys, to know that we had chosen drugs over our own children. Like, that's, it was, it was literally, you could feel your heart rake. And so we, by choice, started living in our vehicle, even though we had the house. We could not face it. To look in the mirror was impossible. It was, we were so hurt, right? And here again, like, it it may not make a lot of sense, but our identity, part of our identity was in providing for our children. We loved them. And it may be hard to understand, but like, the addiction, uh, like, it skews your, your reality, right? We loved our children very much, and and it just, you know, in our heads, like, we weren't as bad as, as, as it really, truly was. But so here we are. We're living in our car. Um, we can't even face ourselves, let alone face each other. You know, our relationship was so strained. And, and even though, like, initially it was like, okay, let's get clean and let's, let's do the deed and get the kids back and all of that, in reality what really happens when you have that happen is, the only way to escape the pain was to get high again. That was the only way we knew how. We had, we had no clue how to do this life, and so we turned to more youth to deal with it. And in turn, that stretched that, chasing our children to get them back home was a five-year process. That's hard. <laughs>
2: Um, in this process though, of like going to the Hannah house and, and him going to the sober living and finding out who we are in Christ and finding out, um, what God would want us to do with our children. He would want us to steward our children and, um, and potentially he would want us to make them children of God. Like that's what they were. And so why aren't we doing that? Um, you
1: know, we started to get visits. Like we eventually, as like through the other stories you can hear, like we, we started, you know changing our lives and we were getting time with the kids. Um, So um, you wanna talk about like what started happening, how we, and we started coming here too. And so they were allowing us to bring the kids to church.
2: Right, we, um, so first it was like the pandemic. So there was a lot of the churches were closed down and the church that we had went to, they shut down. And so we started doing church in our home with our kids well in josh 's mom's home because that's where where our kids were, and in turn, like his mom and his brother and the, his nieces and ne- our nieces and nephews and their kids and everybody would come upstairs to have church, and we would dance and worship and Tina would put it online <laughs> and um, yeah, but we got to we got to show our kids who Jesus was and show them who they were in Jesus. And
1: in Deuteronomy 11:18 through 21. Therefore, you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul and bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up and you shall write them on the doorposts of your
2: house so we ended up doing that for a while and then we started coming here and we walked in the door and we never we never left there was there was just a place for us here and in turn we have been able to teach our kids what it is to follow Christ and what the cost is and they got to be baptized here. And and it took them a year. So when we decided to tell them what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus, they decided they didn't want to do that. In the, in the beginning, they were like, oh, that's not what we want to do. As time went on, they decided that is what we want to do. And we're ready to do that. And so we were confident in having them get baptized. And... Um, It kind of brings us back. We ended up having full custody of our kids now. We got them back on our anniversary, our wedding anniversary. And so um, complete restoration and um, really him just putting everything in our lives better than what it was. And we're still working on other things. Um,
1: Yeah, I will say, too, like there was a lot of fear of... Um, our kids not being able to function anymore. Like, that was traumatizing and, and difficult and so much turmoil and, and all these things, right? But God preserved them. Like, there was grace for our children. And, and, and like, in the same way that he called us to him and, and saved us, like, he preserved our children. He saved our children. He loves our children more than we could ever love our children. And the fact that we are now able to steward them again, you know, that was a big, that was a big, Wake up call to recognize, like, oh, we don't just deserve our kids. Like this is actually a privilege, and and it's something that we need to honor, right? Oh yeah, and I forgot to read the rest of it, but so 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 yeah. I think uh, I think that uh, you know, in closing here, um, we ask ourselves again, why do we need humility?
2: And I think that um, if we believe that the definition of of humility is the complete reliance on God. If If we are not reliant on God, then we are reliant on ourselves. And how much of a mess did we make our lives without him? And so the reason we need humility is because we are called to rely on him, and he will strip it away if you're not relying on him. We are his chosen people
1: in denying yourself and losing your life, that you really begin to find out what life is all about. In loving others and God more than yourself, you will find fulfillment and you will flourish. Thank you. (laughs) Love it, yeah, yeah,
3: thank you, Yep. Well, so you know they—they they made the, uh, Josh made the statement. You know why they wondered why the Lord picked him. Now you know why. Now you know why. Um, you know humility is not easy to the flesh, but wow, the results! Right? Yeah. I mean the results. Amen. Uh, when, we're, when we when sh- we when we choose to be- to walk in the Spirit and not walk in the flesh, the results that God can bring about in our lives. And obviously, and you can can tell from their testimony, you know, it didn't all happen overnight. So in your relationships, it's not going to happen overnight. But it'll happen, and just as they shared, and as so many of us can... Uh, by the testimony of the Lord, when you get through it and his breakthrough and his, the manifestation of who he is in Christ, in us, manifests in our lives, it's like you look back and go, who were those people? It's just like a bad dream that happened to somebody else. You know what I mean? And so, uh, just so good.
0: Man, um, just what's going on in my heart is you may be sitting there thinking, well, we didn't go to that extreme that they did in life, but listen, there's not, God does not say, call us to be humble and say that he'll give grace, more grace to the humble. He doesn't put levels on that. Do you know what I mean by that? He doesn't say, well, it's okay if you don't walk in, you know, if you don't give me everything because you're not doing this. It's okay, I'll grace that. He doesn't do that. He gives grace to the humble. So the biggest thing about like what they're sharing here is, is that they had to come to the end of themselves just like all of us do. And if you really want God's blessing on something, it's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be a fight of faith. It's going to be humbling, Right? It's gonna be dying to self, giving something up that you think you want so bad. And listen, I did not know that testimony part about money. All right? And time. And trying to provide everything for their family that God was saying, I wanna provide that for you. And they had to lay down their life. And they, I will tell you this, they are living. They are disciples of Jesus Christ. They hold secular jobs. I know yours is kind of a ministry, but they pour into people. They've laid down their life, said, not my will, but yours be done. And God has taken care of them financially. He's taken care of them family. And they're able to leave their kids with something far more precious than things that money buys. And that is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And their kids know that we serve Jesus in this home. We do not serve money We do not serve things. We do not put our identity in anything else but Jesus Christ. And that is the best lesson that you can treat. Teach your family. It is important. And so, guys, I just thank you for being open and willing to do this because, man, what a blessing.
3: Yeah, so good.
0: What a blessing. God is a God of reconciliation. And his way is so much higher and better than our way.